This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Jim Barone. We have an interesting episode, one we haven't done before here. Uh, I'm excited for Jim to be here. Jim is the owner of Barone Enterprises. Uh, and today we are talking about a topic we haven't talked about, but is very relevant to retail real estate, which is snow plowing. Jim, welcome to the show. Excited for you to be here. Thanks, Chris. I'm excited to be here. So, Jim, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. My name is Jim Barone. Like you said, I'm the president of Barone Enterprise. We are a commercial real estate management company uh, based out of Buffalo, New York. We primarily work for large retail center owners like yourself. Got it. And how long have you been uh, doing this, Jim? Barone Enterprise started in July of 1990. So we just celebrated our 33rd anniversary. So we're pretty excited about that, that we've made it this long. And you're a Bills fan. I am a Bills fan. Were Thanks for the, bringing that up. Were you at the game Monday night? I was. It was a very long, very late, and very disappointing night. You said something to me earlier on the show that I hadn't even considered. Uh, are Bills fans concerned about not making the playoffs? I didn't even think that was a concern. Absolutely. The other night, if we beat the Broncos, we had a 62% chance of making the playoffs. If we lost... Our, we were down to like 24%. So we have a 24% chance of making the playoffs now. We have a terrible schedule coming up, one of the hardest in the league. Wow. That, I, I, that would shock me if the Bills didn't make the playoffs. Uh, even though my Jets with Zach Wilson did beat you guys, but uh, which is shocking. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That was a tough opening night. It was. I was there as well. So that was very tough. All long right. flight home. Long flight home. So <laughs> um, you you do work for retail property owners. W what work are you doing for them? Um, we basically do everything except roof leaks at centers. We do um, we have landscaping crews. We have snow plowing crews, asphalt, concrete. We do drive it and EFIS repairs. Um, we do small build outs. Um, we do power washing and parking lot sweeping and uh, a lot, you know, just a lot of the day-to-day -day repairs that happen uh, at a center. You know, someone driving through a building will pull the car out of the building and re repair the facade. And, you know, every day is something different. And, and so you guys, you definitely, you know, from a, a property management perspective, the actual labor, you do a lot of the, uh, the service work, which is, you know, you mentioned snow plowing, landscaping. You do a lot of the repair work. You do some build out stuff. Um, and then one of the areas that you do a lot of and you guys are experts in is is snow, correct? Yes, sir. So uh, so we're definitely we're focused on snow today as we are sitting here getting close to Thanksgiving as. Has Buffalo gotten its first big snow yet? Yeah, we had about three inches on Halloween night. Three inches. All right, that's not a big snow for Buffalo. I mean, last year, how many times did it snow in Buffalo? 
We had 81 occurrences. 81 occurrences. So you know yes, snow. And how many of those occurrences are over a foot? We had seven last year. Seven. Yes, sir. And what? And I remember the big one. What? What, what was the big? You got like ten feet one, one storm, right? Or something crazy. Last year uh, was a pretty uh, monumental year. Uh, right before Thanksgiving, we received just about six feet of snow, and um, that shut the city down for a few days uh, to the point where we had to move the Buffalo Bills game to Detroit because we just there was no possible way to get the stadium dug out, and. Um, the second storm was right before Christmas where we had over seven feet of snow. But here's the thing. You say shut down. It took six feet, seven feet of snow to shut down. But generally, one of the interesting things about Buffalo that I've noticed from being an owner, you get a foot of snow. And, like, if that happened down south, it would be a problem. But you get a foot of snow in Buffalo. The world keeps moving. Absolutely. There, commerce keeps happening. People are out shopping. Uh People are going to school. School's not closed. Uh, things are happening with a, you know, when there's uh, only eight inches of snow. Yeah, the um, the depths that we get in Buffalo and that we manage and that we've become accustomed to is definitely much different than other markets we handle in the country. So today we're going to talk about the top three things that property owners of retail centers need to know if they own property in a area that you know, has snowfall before we get there. One of the big things that constantly comes up when I talk to owners who own in markets that snow is, do you go on a per push or per, per occurrence snow plowing contract, or do you go to a fixed contract where you're paying a price, no matter how many times it snows. And so this is the big debate. And what I find is the following that happens, Jim. And you tell me if this resonates with you with some of your customers, which is everyone's on a per-push contract until they have that one year where there's so many occurrences that they blow their budget out the door and they're scrambling because they didn't plan for to pay this much in snow plowing. And they want to move to a fixed contract. But, and everyone thinks like, oh, that's that's the better way. I often say like, you know, I hear you, but snowplow guys and gals, are, they're not, they're not going to lose money. If they're doing this over the long haul, it's going to work out for them, you know, over a five-year period or so. You might win one year, lose one year, but over the course of time, it's going to even out, generally speaking. And so I'd like your take on this concept because I would tell you it's it's the biggest discussion among owners is the type of contract to do because if you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar where you had a per-push year and there was 81 occurrences, that's going to be an expensive year for an owner. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's really going to depend on the demographics and the actual area that we're talking about. In Western New York, for example, an area that I'm very familiar with, it would be very advantageous as an owner for myself to be on a per push basis because I would make a lot more money. And I don't, I can't remember a winner in the last 33 years that I've been doing this that 
we've had less than 25, 30 occurrences. So it really doesn't make sense um, as a retail owner to go to a per push in this particular market. I'm all in if you want to change my contracts, Chris. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, however, uh, it wouldn't be in your best interest of your company to do so. Um, in other areas now that gets the occasional storm or gets very minimal amounts of snow, it might make a lot more sense to do something like that. But like you said earlier, a lot of times owners like to know what they're going to have in their budget so they could forecast for the season. And very quickly, snow plowing can push you outside of that. Then you're scrambling and you're maybe not painting that center. Or you're maybe not replacing those sidewalks that you want to replace. And so it starts to have detrimental impacts on the following season. So it really is a tough choice to make on which way to go. I guess um, you would like to know how much you know you have in the bucket to spend for that season. But the risk, especially in areas around the Great Lakes, is probably pretty extreme and it's probably something that doesn't make a lot of sense uh over time yeah i i'm in areas that i don't have any centers and areas where that for the areas that i have that are in snow areas it never just snows a little i I, i'm in i'm in chicago snows a lot in chicago i'm in new england like maine snows a lot in maine i'm in i'm in buffalo snows a lot in buffalo i'm not in these areas where like you get like one or two snowfall. Like I'm in these areas where when it snows, it snows. So uh, the other thing, so I, I think that's helpful. I think the other thing that we talk a lot about, and we didn't talk about this offline, but the, there's one, and this is random, but the price of salt. So if you've never owned a center, in a snow area, you're you're about to spend more on salt than you do on a car. So, uh, so so tell people about the the purpose of salt and what's happened over the years with salt from a cost perspective. Um, okay, so what happened with uh, well, let's start in the beginning. What salt does is salt will actually you know help melt the snow. Um, once you get the vehicular traffic in your centers, the heat from the tires will then, you know, uh, work with the salt to melt the snow so that we can have a safe environment for our uh, customers. Um, 20 years ago, you could buy salt for about 25 or $30 a ton. Now, when you say the word ton, a lot of people think, well, that's a, an immense amount of salt. What one ton of salt actually is, if you're familiar with a bobcat bucket, one skid steer bucket, one bucket will yield about one ton of salt. So it doesn't go very, very far. Um, in a big and, power center, like one of my centers on a, on a, on a snow, on a, on a pretty snowy day at eight inches of snow, how much salt do I need? 15 to 20 ton, 15 to 20 tons. Okay. So 20 years ago, 25, 25 bucks a ton. Yeah. Today you're paying about $140 a ton, $140 a ton. The price so, has gone through the roof. So $140 a ton. I need 15 tons, right, per occurrence. Yes, and you had 81 occurrences last year. Now, they all don't need 15 tons, but that's a lot of salt. It is. Yeah, we go through thousands and thousands of tons a year up here. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, you're very quickly, as an owner, in six figures of salt. 
Yes, sir. Um, I think now, are, are, you know, I think everyone always asks, so there are other products out there other than salt. Yes. Um, we have tried a lot of different things over the years. Um, there is a liquid brine product that we use as well, um, where we mix pure brine into a water tank and then we can mix it with water and then it has spray nozzles and um, that has a much lower melt factor to it. So it hits a lot quicker because salt, when it gets below zero, you need all that heat from the tires and things like that to get it to start activating. Just because you salt a property doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to melt. Salt, you know, needs, you know, some kind of warmth to activate where the liquid brine will get below zero and still kind of give you an active melt. Uh, we've tried to do that. The problem with that is it's so cold in some of these areas where your nozzles are constantly freezing, even though you have such a high salt content within that brine. Uh, so it's very challenging to have the operation center to manage the brine. And then how far away is that to the center? It's not something that we could keep on site to where we could respond quickly like we can a pile of salt. Now. Yeah, and salt works, and I think it's good. It's pricey, but it, it, it works. The, the problem, though, is salt, you know, can damage your asphalt and your sidewalks over time, and now you've got more repair and maintenance to your sidewalks and asphalt. So to the point of this episode, you there's a lot of opportunity and snow in places for retail property owners that where it snows. But you need to really get your arms around what it means when it snows and what that means from a management of your property. So Absolutely. with that, Jim, let's go to the top three things an owner should know before they buy a property in a uh, in an area where it snows. And what's your number three? My number three, Chris, is recognizing the challenges that come with ownership or management in a market that snows versus a market that doesn't snow. Uh, Let's use Buffalo, New York as an example one, and let's use Key West, Florida, for example, two. Um, you could have two centers with the same 300,000 square foot GLA, same anchor tenant, same store, same tenants. The price per square foot for your cam charges in Western New York are gonna be much greater than they are in Florida due to snow removal. So when owners who are based in other parts of the country will purchase something in a area that has aggressive snowfalls, they're often very surprised and shocked come contract negotiation time for snow plowing because they'll, they'll say, well, I have a center that's a twin to this in Texas and it cost me $1.50 a square foot. You're at $3 a square foot. You know, what's going on? What, what, are, what are these problems? So it's something that a lot of people really don't think about when, you know, they're acquiring properties. Sure. Um, I'm with you there. I think the, uh, the definitely the cost, I think the other thing that, you know, I, I think gets, you know, is that people don't know is just that how to manage the actual property when it is snowing um, is not difficult per se, but you need to have someone who knows how to execute and do that because it's, it, it, it is 
there's a lot of things going on. And usually when that's happening, there's other things happening to as well, right? Like uh, every property owner is expecting their lot to be plowed. So you better have someone that you can trust that's going to show up and plow. Uh, you need, uh, and there's usually other things happening, right? When there's six feet of snow, there's other emergency services and things that are going on that are making this, you know, events that are happening and snow might just, and snow plowing might just be a part of it. You might have other issues you're dealing with. So with snow, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of reasons to, uh, own real estate in market. There's still, still a lot of opportunity, but there's, but there's definitely challenges that you need to be aware of. And, uh, you know, as you said, the, the prices and understanding that there's going to be, uh, uh, you know, increased cam for snow versus a place that doesn't have snow. We just talked about what the price of salt could be. Um, but there's, you know, for your business, right? I, I know for snowplow owners, it's become more costly to own a snowplow business and more challenging to figure out how to make a buck and you have a short season to do it. Um, and so, um, it, ma it makes it tough. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you know that all too well, Jim. Oh, absolutely. It, it is very challenging and um, really extreme at sometimes when you're dealing with such monumental events like what we've experienced last year with five, six feet of snow. Um, there is so much more going on. A lot of things that people don't think about are, you know, there's driving bans in place and we're not exempt from those driving bans. So we have to go on out there and, you know, risk, risk driving and breaking the law, you know, to get to the centers in the first place. Um, there's very difficult to get there. Something that used to take five minutes might take you five hours due to, you know, things being, people being stuck in the roads and the roads being impassable and uh, police blockages and, you know, power outages, down lines, trees, all that stuff. So it's very, very difficult and it takes a lot of preparation and a lot of planning to be prepared for these storms. Not to mention the fact that you're trying to get your equipment to start um, when it's that cold and it's buried in snow. And so there's a lot of steps and a lot of preventive things that you need to do to be ready to execute at a high level when you have things like this. Um, during the centers, you have a lot of, um, when it snows five, six feet, well, now that six feet of snow is on top of your roof. Uh, we've had centers collapse over the years. We've had roof collapses. We've had gas lines snapped on roofs, um, windows smashed out from the weight of the snow moving down and blowing things out. There's always, it, it's always a very, uh, it's every storm is different. And there's yeah. always so much more to be concerned about than just actually moving the snow. And I think the one thing that a lot of owners don't recognize and don't think about is when they have a center, they'll have, let's just say 500 parking spots. So they'll have tenants and with the I ADA think you're laws, actually going to say what I was asking, what I was going to ask you next, but go ahead. The, um, say you have 500 parking spots. So now all of a sudden you get six feet of snow and you have all these tenants who are used to having 40 spots here, 50 spots here, you know, everything, all of a sudden, where does the snow go? Where does so the snow have, go? That's that, that's so, what I was going to say. Yeah. So you put, you have all these massive piles, right? And so these, you can only push the snow so far. 
So you have all these big piles and now your parking went from 500 to 300. In the Western New York area, um, we have such a heavy accumulations of snow in the first two months of the season, and that's retail time. A lot of the small owners here, they do 25 to 30% of their annual business between middle of November to Christmas. So they, every parking spot counts, as well as visibility for your smaller stores. If they're going to an anchor center and they're leaving BJ's and they get to their car, now there's a huge snow piles, they can't see Bed Bath & Beyond on the other side of the snow pile, they leave. Now Bed Bath & Beyond lost that potential client, um, as well as there's nowhere to park. People are driving around in circles, so they just get frustrated and leave. And now, you know, the snow already affects these people's business and bottom line so much. Um, it's very important that, you know, us as providers and owners, you know, do the best we can so that we can provide the tenants, you know, as much parking and, you know, as many hours open as possible, especially during that season. But one of the things that, you know, when I first got into this business that I didn't realize that you might have to do, and we have to do this at properties, is you have to haul the snow out of there. You plow it, and then we, in some centers, we haul it out of there because there's nowhere to put it on the property, especially when there's six feet of snow. Yeah, that's, um, and that's something that really goes with this here, with the north versus the south thing. A lot of times when these properties are designed, they'll go to an architectural firm in Texas. And they have a plan because they have to put curbs everywhere because they have to do traffic control. How can we keep the center safe so people can exit the store, get to their vehicle without getting hit? So we have separation curbs, we have you know mark spots, safety bollards, all of these things. And if you're somebody who works primarily in the Southeast, you don't think about snow. But all of a sudden in the North, we have these centers who are designed to you know go along with a certain plan. Well, a payloader doesn't fit through them. These drive-throughs and all these things, you can't fit a payloader or a truck with a plow through these things. So that starts creating other challenges. You have to get specialized equipment in order to do things like that. These are all things that owners don't think about um, when they're you know, renovating, adding in a tenant. You know, In today's market, you have to really be flexible. You have to think outside the box. You know, what can I do with this space? I have a former Kmart space. Well, let's break it up into four units and let's put X, Y, Z in there. You have to have mixed use. You have to have, you know, you have to think of a lot of different things. But what you don't think about is how does that change the original design of the plaza? And what are we going to do when we get snow? So most drive throughs normal, normal plows don't fit through drive throughs No, no, they, um, you know, a plow these days, you know, you're eight and a half, nine feet. Um, they design these things basically for your average car. They're not necessarily, you know, anybody who drives a pickup will tell you, you know, even going through a McDonald's drive through it's, it's a challenge and a three point turn most of the times to get through the drive through. Got it. Okay. Number two, what's number two on the thing that property owners should know before they enter a snow market? Insurance. That is the number one cost of owners as well as providers like myself my biggest challenge in life is keeping an insurance policy in force for snow plowing in this market so most the, you say that is it hard to find people that will insure your business it's near impossible to find uh due to the frequency of claims um and the slip and falls um it's very, very challenging 
when a storm comes at 11 o'clock in the morning and the store is already open, the parking lot's full, you're very limited with what you can do. Uh, snow's piling up, you're salting, causing it, making it safer yet more unsafe because it's slushy and then it ices over underneath. So people, you know, are wearing heels, slipping, falling. And um, as property owners, you have waivers of subrogation, hold harmless agreements and things like that, that us as the snowplow companies have to sign. So we assume all risk and we are responsible for all claims. So once you start but I'm getting- pay, a But I'm paying that in my contract in other ways. When your insurance goes up, the price of my snow removal goes up. That's the problem. Right. Well, that's why, you know, going back to our first subject, not to go backwards, but to talk a little bit about that flat rate versus the contractual rate. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of insurance issues that would be created if it was a per time versus a contractual obligation, because I know for myself to even be able to obtain a, insurance for centers, I have to provide copies of the contract, things like that. So depending on what the verbiage was in those contracts, a lot of guys might have trouble even getting insurance to do a per push type situation. Got it. Okay. That's number two. What's the number one thing property owners need to know before they enter a snow market? You have to possess an incredible, immense amount of sense of urgency um, and a preparation plan. Um, there's a lot of things that go into being successful in a storm. Um, a lot of times, one thing that you have to really have, you know, in anything with commercial real estate, as you know, it's very important to have key tenant selection when you have the luxury to select your tenants. You know, in today's market, that might not be something that, you know, is very, you know, viable. However, if you do have a choice on signing one tenant versus another, you have to think of these things. If you have a center that has a dialysis center in it, you can't close the dialysis center due to snow. You know, someone can die. So it's very, very important that you you choose the right vendor and you, you know, manage the right tenants. So depending on what tenants you have in your center, if you have grocery stores and pharmacies and a lot of the places that we have, you know, in our portfolio here, DLC, um, is we have a lot of pharmacies, renal cares and dialysis centers, blood labs, all of those things become basic and essential necessities for some people to live. Last year in those storms, you know, we had several instances where ambulances were stuck where we had to go pull them out with the machines and they had people having heart attacks from trying to shovel snow in back of the ambulance i can't we probably saved several lives last year just by helping getting that ambulance from point a to point b by driving these loaders down the streets to get these things into the hospitals so these events happen it's really essential to have an understanding um also, the biggest problem with storms in Buffalo, especially around the holidays, is the sacrifice you have to make to be able to field these response teams. I always blame everybody for praying to God to, I want a white Christmas. We want a white Christmas. Well, all these <laughs> prayers get answered. And next thing you know, we have seven feet of snow. And, you know, I've missed probably, you know, 15 Christmases over the years with my family. And, 
you know, last year in particular was a year that there was a lot of changes in my life and a lot of, you know, first times and a lot of uh, things that I was looking forward to for a very long time that December 22nd, I got a phone call. This is, this one's looking rough and we got to start planning. And um, I spent Christmas in a payloader for 30 straight hours with no food and, you know, and seven feet of snow digging out a target. And, um, you know, I didn't celebrate the holidays with my family until after the new year and as well as a lot of my staff. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of things, but so I was feeling pretty bad about myself and feeling like I, you know, maybe need to rethink some things. However, you know, when you get a postcard from someone that you, you saved their dad's life because you, you know, got that ambulance out or you cleared this pave, you know, there's, it makes it real. You know, there was about 30 people that died last year in that storm up here. Wow. That's and, remarkable. Uh, so, you know, doing things like that, community driven things um, really helps me have a much better sense of why I do what I do. So, you know, there's, that was the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, once the got storm. it. Well, the, uh, that's remarkable. Uh, the, the, the concept of saving lives for what you do and, um, no doubt there's a, you know, there's sacrifice because, uh, it typically snows around the, the holiday time. The, how, uh, last thing, that was a great recap. So we got, uh, you know, to go back the one, the, the, just the preparedness Two was the, the, the cost and the insurance piece. And then three was the, and then three was the urgency or I got it mixed up. So super, super helpful. And I think this is a really interesting context around the snow. Uh, one last thing. If you, so two things, one, how big is your staff? How big, how many people you got like working on snow in Buffalo? About 60 to 75, 60 to 75. So there's a lot of people trying to attack the snow in Buffalo on, uh, on Jim's team. So give the owners something that if you're new to a market and you're about to, you know, you need to get a snowplow contractor, what are the things that they need to think about when they're trying to select someone to plow the snow? Well, I think they should do their homework. Um, obviously, you know, ask for references and you know speak to some you know other owners of similar properties to see you know what their response time is what their record is um make sure they have the right insurance um that is the number one largest thing that you have to look for to make sure that as an owner that you are properly covered and you know that they have the right amount of umbrella policies in place as well to cover whatever potentially can happen this particular area is very very lawyer driven um, every street corner has a billboard, you know, slip and fall, give us a call. Um, so, you know, it's very, very important that you protect yourself as an owner and that you sign with a legitimate and a professional company that has the proper coverages in place and has the experience and the equipment to be able to handle your site. Excellent. Well, Jim, this has been fantastic really appreciate your time thanks so much for coming and uh stay safe in the snow this year thank you chris i appreciate you having me on thank you for listening to retail retold 
If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.